Are you looking for a way to deepen your prayer life and faith this Advent season? A Contemplative Las Posadas by Bill Snyder is a novena that offers reflections based on the traditional Mexican devotion that reenacts the journey of Saint Joseph and the Blessed Virgin Mary from Nazareth to Bethlehem. The ecclesiastically approved devotional is available for purchase for only $4.99 on our website, patchworkheart.org, or emailing info at patchworkheart.org. Hi, this is Tony Agnesi, and welcome to this edition of The Storytellers. This is episode number 13 of our third season of The Storytellers. The program debuts on Wednesday evenings at 6 p.m. on Facebook Live and on YouTube at the Fiat Ministry Network and at Patchwork Heart Ministries. And it premieres at 6.15 p.m. the same night on my YouTube page, youtube.com slash Tony Agnesi, and on my Facebook page. The radio program airs at four o'clock on the Living Bread Radio Network and their network of stations. Each week on the program, we feature an inspirational guest discussing not only their personal faith journey and the ministries they share as authors, as speakers, bloggers, and radio and television hosts. Jean Heaton is my guest today. She's a blogger and writer and speaker and teacher and workshop and retreat leader. And um, she is the author of a, I mean, brand new book, which was just, just published uh, this week, Helping Families Recover from Addiction, Coping, Growing, and Healing Through 12-Step Practices and Ignatian Spirituality. Jean and I have kind of known each other through social media here for a while, and I followed her blog uh, uh, because the so subject interests me so. And Jean, it's great to finally get to meet you. Nice to meet you. You know, I think there's uh, some fear and shame uh, for families uh, around the the subject of addiction, so it doesn't get uh, talked about uh, quite a bit. And uh, I just think it's uh, it's uh, wonderful that you know not only have you stepped up with your blog, but with the book. What was it that triggered you to say, you know, I think I can take what has happened in uh, my personal family life and, and, and be able to not only share it with others, but maybe have them benefit from it. What was your motivation? Well, I guess the 12 step meeting was the, the first thing. I, I didn't know anything about 12 step meetings. I mean, I, I knew that they were associated with people in AA, but I, I certainly didn't know that there was one available for family members. Um, but um, I, I went to that and you know, you have a group of people that share a common problem and any one of them talking is sharing your story in a way. Mm -hmm. And the lack of judgment and the amount of love in that room, it was earth shattering. And I thought, you know, boy, could we learn something from this in the church, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, and, but I was a little concerned because of the language they use in there. You know, they talk about a power greater than yourself and the mm -hmm. God of your understanding. And um, we were kind of in a fragile position and I didn't want to do anything wrong. 
You know, I felt like we'd been doing stuff wrong for a long time and it was time to try to do it better. Um, and um, so I, I came home and Googled the history of the Alcoholics Anonymous program and learned of the connections to the Catholic Church. And that gave me such peace. And then I thought, well, why doesn't everybody know about this? You know, this generation needs to know about this. It's so life-giving. And um, so that, that was it. I just, the more I learned, the more excited I became. And we're just down the street from Akron, Ohio, where, yeah. uh, where uh, AA was founded and uh, a wonderful sister involved in, in that as well. And so that's the connection to the Catholic Church. Gene, I'd like you to backpedal a little bit and talk about uh, your family life and uh, and the uh, addictions that ha ha that you've dealt with uh, throughout you know throughout your life uh, and uh, you know how you got from there you know how you got from there to here. Okay, well, um, my father's father was an alcoholic, and but he died eleven years before I was born, so I I never met him, and I didn't really think his alcoholism affected me uh, until we had this problem with my son and my husband. Um, so what I learned once we realized that my son had a problem, um, you know, we, we entered into that rehab program and the family services part of that. And we, you know, you just start being educated on addiction and you learn that there, that addiction can look a lot of different ways. It, it's not always just, the homeless person on the street, certainly that can be an alcoholic or an addict, but it can also be somebody fully functioning and going to work every day, but needing to drink to the point of um, being drunk every night. And so, you know, it just started opening my eyes. And then in the family program, they talked about, you know, it being a family disease. And some of the things that I was brought up with were so unconscious and, and there was no intention of ill will, but the fear of that addiction that my father had, you know, was gifted to me <laughs> and I was afraid of it. And, you know, the fear and the shame, you know, are part and parcel of this disease and they cause all kinds of trouble. And so um, anyway, you know, we started being educated, our eyes became open, and we, we started going to 12-step meetings. Um, my husband realized that maybe his drinking was to um, excess, that it was um, slowly and progressively becoming more of a problem for him, for us, for our family. And so we all started entering these 12-step programs. There's one for everybody, <laughs> no matter your your vice. It, there's one for everybody. And um, we did family counseling. Uh, I went to Ignatian retreat houses. I went to silent retreats. I got a spiritual director. I got a sponsor. So, you know, a lot of things happened to start healing from um, the problems that we had. Now, your son, um, was there a period of time where he kind of resisted it or, or, or denied it? Uh, how did that happen? Well, there is, he did. Um, like most people in addiction, you know, there's not a straight line to recovery. Um, there are ups and downs. And the same can be said for us as family members. You know, our recovery from uh, our need to control and fix and manage our loved ones can go up and down. You know, we, 
we work really hard at um, uh, not becoming um, our own higher power. Um, that's probably the biggest thing we do in our 12-step group. It's step one, we're powerless. Mm-hmm. And we have to accept that. And we have to work on becoming who God intended us to be and allow God to work with our loved ones. So, yeah, I mean, that's his story. And I'm really careful not to tell his story because I don't know it. I only know mine. And um, so I try to stick with my story of recovery. You talk about families having to recover too. That's maybe a a, a parcel of this that most people don't handle. I know, uh, you know, a number of families from uh, drug addicted uh, um, people who you know, have to go through their own, you know, their own process and how do they come out the other end and the shame of having a, a young son or a young daughter, uh, you know, involved in drugs um, or alcohol or, or, you know, or other addictions. Mm-hmm. That, that, that family recovery part, uh, did that begin simultaneously or is that something that followed? Well, um, with his first time at rehab, um, you know, social services meets with the family and say, you know, let's get you guys kind of onboarded with all of this. So there was family night where we learned about the disease of addiction and, and we were kind of going through the same things that they were going through. You know, we were working our own 12 step program. We had to learn to, um, you know, mind our own business, get out of God's way. Those are kind of the most important things for family members. Um, and, and with that, you, you really start to um, work on yourself, which seems so counterintuitive in the beginning. It seems so odd. It feels like I'm not the one with a problem. But, um, you know, I'm here to tell you that everyone's got problems. And um, the one thing that I learned from the 12 steps and from Ignatian spirituality is that those two programs are primarily about healing relationships to God first, to self second, and to others third. And they work that same program that we work. And there's something about that that begins to heal families. How did um, Ignatian spirituality kind of dovetail in? When did that, I know you were involved in 12-step, but did you make that connection between uh, Ignatian spirituality and the 12-step program? Was that something you had an aha moment and, and, and found? Well, it was, it was in the very beginning, I told you that I went to research, you know, the history of AA because I wanted to know, was there a Catholic connection? And you mis- mentioned Sister Ignatia and um, you mentioned somebody else, I forget who you'd mentioned. But um, anyway, one of the things that I learned was that um, when Bill Wilson, one of the co-founders of AA, um, was in New York, I think. Uh, he had a fellow show up at his doorstep and he thought he was this drunk because he walked with a limp. But when he got up to his room, he took off his coat, he, he realized he was a priest. And it was a Jesuit priest by the name of Ed Dowling. Um, Ed Dowling had some brother Jesuits that were in the 12th step in AA. And he had been their ride. And since he was bringing them, he sat through these AA meetings, even though he didn't need it. And he was just struck by how similar they were to the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius Loyola. Well, you know, I'm a convert to the Catholic Church. I've only been in the church about 
I don't know, 18 or 20 years. And so I didn't really know who St. Ignatius was, and I did not know what the spiritual exercises were. And so that kind of sent me looking because I thought, well, if there's extra resources out there, let's learn about them. So I started learning about St. Ignatius and I started learning about the spiritual exercises. And um, then I started to see those um, similarities and, and that they're just kind of, they work hand in hand together. So. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about the book at some point then, um, you know, as, as we catch up with the story, you decided that, um, let me, let me put this, what I've learned, what I've researched and, and, and put this into a book. When did that come about? I know you're a writer, so I think it's a natural progression, but how did that all, how did that all come about? Well, um, you know, I wanted to write all along and, um, I didn't really know how to write, to be perfectly honest. So I started a, an anonymous blog in the beginning and um, just wrote down my thoughts. And it wasn't organized. There was no direction. It was just, you know, how you start. And uh, eventually I got someone to help me learn to write. And um, still I didn't have a big direction or anything. But as I started to figure things out, and, and get a form to it, um, I realized that I needed to um, reach out to Loyola Press because, you know, it's, it's about Ignatian spirituality and that just felt like the right fit. And so um, their acquisitions editor at the time was Joe Duraposte and, and um, you know, he was so kind because I had a number of chapters of this memoir that he called a memoir. But um, anyway, he said, I don't need another memoir. <laughs> You'll come up with something that can help others. Then we'll talk. So, um, you know, I, I went away for another year and tried to figure out how to make it not just be my story, but be something that would be helpful to others. Mm -hmm. And so um, I came back with, with well, I, and, and I hired a book coach. And she helped me to structure it because I'm not the most organized individual on the planet. So, um, you know, once I got that structure in place, it just kind of, you know, I, I always say that I felt like conduit, you know, it just flowed through. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't really responsible for much of it, but um, was grateful that I, I could be touched by it. Mm, kind of like the Holy Spirit guides you and it writes itself uh, almost. And I know as part of the book you, you do at the, you know, at the end of uh, at different points, you 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 bring in some scripture and some reflections and things that uh, people can uh, you know spend some time thinking of, and and uh, that that seems to be very very helpful um, as well. You know, we talk about uh, addicts uh, as recovering or or people with alcoholism as recovering alcoholics, uh, and there's always this I, I think uh, uh, fear of relapsing and and staying clean and uh, uh, talk about that for just a minute about, about that and how one, you know, how one really uh, prepares themselves in a way that, 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 uh, that the possibility of a relapse becomes less and less. Um, you mean for the family member or for, for the, the addict or alcoholic? Themselves? E either way, either way. Okay. I'm, I'm going to talk about the family because I can't, you know, I'm not in recovery from alcohol or right. drugs. I'm, I'm in it in recovery from, you know, trying to be 
the power that is greater than me. Um, so in the beginning, I purchased a book on um, for family members about addiction, just trying to learn. And, and, and I remember there was a chapter on relapse. And at the time, you know, it was so hard to go through that the first time I thought, I am not reading that chapter because that's not going to be a part of my world. And that just goes to show you how strongly the denial factor comes into this for family members well, and for the, the people that suffer from an addiction too, really. Um, it, it's frightening and it's hard. Um, you know, it's one of those things that nobody wants, but it's, it's often a part of the process. You know, we have to fall down sometimes to know that we don't want to fall down the next time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you get tools, you, you pick up these tools. And, and one of the, the great tools for family members is something that is called detachment. And even St. Ignatius talks about detaching from inordinate, you know, objects. And so, and, and, and so we, we, we work really hard on learning to detach from their journey, staying on our journey. And um, so you you kind of learn to redirect yourself. Uh, One of the things that I did to keep myself in my own lane was I started volunteering at the county jail. And for five years, I volunteered once and sometimes twice a week uh, with the women at my county jail. And that really helped me to stay in my own lane. It helped me to get to know people in my community. It helped me to not hyper-focus on other people. Mm-hmm. So, you know. I know from my own, uh, you know, jail ministry, uh, 15 years uh, involved with it, there have been many instances where, you know, we had a guy on, uh, just was right around Thanksgiving weekend who came in who had, um, instead of spending Thanksgiving with his family, spent his Thanksgiving at a crack house and, um, uh, and he had started on the 12-step program earlier that year and, ju- and just, you know, kind of uh, gave up on it. Oh, I, you know, I've, I've gone through six steps. That's all I need. And and uh, a while later, he was back on the program and, and, and was successful. So falling down was probably one of the one of the things that happened to him that really got him finally uh, convinced that he needed uh, to go after recovery in a great way to, to be with his, you know, family and kids uh, and so forth. And so um, I think that's, that's amazing. Um, what could you offer families that might be tuned in uh, on our, on our video or on the radio program to, to let them know they're not alone and, and that, that there is hope, Jean? Um, well, they're, they're, they're not alone. You would, the, one of the things that you learn when you start going to 12-step meetings is just how prevalent this problem is. Um, you see that um, it affects more families than you can imagine and from every background you can imagine. Um, you know, this disease doesn't discriminate. Um, and, and the more I talk to people over time, the more I realize that, that it's probably touched every family on some generational level. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a fairly common problem. So just know you're not alone. And I say that with all honesty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is help. You know, it's not a magic 
you fix. You can't take a pill and this will get better. But you can work this program that's just so life-affirming. Uh, it improves your relationship to God. It, it improves your relationship you have with yourself. It improves your relationship with your family. And then eventually it improves the relationship that you have with your community and the world at large. Mm -hmm. So it, it's wonderful. You talk in your book about faith and self and family as being the, the three kind of pillars of what you've worked on. Share us a, a little bit on each of those. Well, I, I really like um, that. I like that it starts with our relationship with God. Um, St. Ignatius has this thing called the principle and the foundation. And what that is, it says that we're made for God. He's not made for us. We are made for God. And so, um, the first three steps um, are, are about that foundation. Mm -hmm. um, the step one, the short version, my, my program friends tell me the short version of step one is I can't. And the short version of step two is God can. And the short version of step three is I'll let him. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty easy to remember. Mm -hmm. And it's an important thing that just like my addicted loved one who has only one day at a time, of sobriety. I have to get up every day. Every day I have to remember I can't, God can, and I'll let him. And if I don't start there, then I stumble just like they, they might. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that's, that's how, um, the first three steps work. That's how the principle and the foundation works. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I will say that also one of the things that I'm learning is that it's not that people, often come into the rooms who don't know God. But one of the more important things that I've discovered is that more likely than not, the idea of the God of their understanding has been distorted, usually by some family illness, some, you know, for example, many people that come into the rooms have a history of addiction in their own family. And so the idea of God has been presented in an unhealthy way. And so I say that we heal the image of God when we come into these rooms. And so that, that's what's important. The um, last eight months, Jean, and you know, we're all aware of the pandemic that we've gone through. You know, I've been working here in my home office uh, for eight months and haven't been to my regular office since. Um, and that has had, uh, statistically, we know, a, 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 a real uh, negative effect on, on people uh, with anxiety and depression and uh, uh, drinking more and, uh, and relapsing and so forth. Talk a little bit about uh, the effects of the pandemic and, and how our listeners and viewers can kind of stay a step ahead of the negative feelings that come from being, you know, isolated. Right. Um, one of the things they say in our program is that we are as sick as our secrets. Uh, and that's very true. Part of the, the meeting of 12 steppers in the same room together is it's not a secret in that room. And they can share with one another and they can let some of that toxic energy out. And it's important for them to connect with others. Um, that has been a problem so far. There are Zoom 12-step meetings almost anywhere. If you get onto your state's 
um, AA or Al-Anon website, you can find links to Zoom meetings. There are now some hybrid Zoom meetings, which means that if you feel comfortable going in person, you can mask up and show up at places and they'll also bring a computer for those that are not comfortable meeting in person. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it has been a problem. Um, there's been a lot more relapse. There's been a lot more um, overdoses. Um, so it is something that we need to pay attention to. The timing of your book couldn't be more perfect. Helping Families Recover from Addiction is the book. It's subtitled Coping, Growing, and Healing through 12-step practices and Ignatian spirituality. Gene Heaton uh, is my guest. What, what do you hope for your book in terms of, I know, I, I, you know, we all want to sell books, but what do you hope in terms of being able to, to help people? How do you see that? Well, my primary focus has always been the family members, just to say, you know, I was so afraid to reach out for help in the beginning um, that if I had this is what I did was I went online looking for this book that said, you know, the 12 steps are okay. They're safe to use if you are a Christian, you know, but I couldn't, I couldn't find that at the time we started. Um, so, so I wrote it first and foremost for family members. Here's something to get you going to help you see that this is safe. It's going to be okay. Now reach out to a counselor. Now reach out to a 12 step, your priest, uh, somebody in pastoral care, I don't care who you reach out to, but don't sit alone in your room worrying about this because nothing good ever comes from that. Mm -hmm. So that was my primary goal. But my secondary goal, the big dream of this book is that we chip away at that stigma because, um, you know, people that have been affected by the disease of addiction are just like you and me. You know, they have their good qualities, and then they have their shortcomings. And every person on the planet has them. Um, sometimes in television and in, in newspapers and magazines, you know, you get this, only this one view of that worst experience uh, that's been reported over and over and over again. But nobody's reporting the recovery. And the recovery is huge, and it changes lives, and it changes families. And that's my goal. That's the big dream. And I think it's a great dream too. I think it's a, uh, it's a wonderful dream. And uh, Jean, this has been a very uh, quick uh, period of time together and it's been a real pleasure sitting down with you. Um, this is a subject that I think a lot of people can benefit from. And as you said, you know, when, when your family is faced with this, uh, this might be a good starting point, a good point to kick off and, and read uh, the book, uh, Helping Families Recover from Addiction, to kind of uh, get the research and things that you took the time to, to get together and to assemble for folks and then, and then move forward in their own um, uh, journey uh, uh, of recovery and, and of those families of those uh, that are addicted to drugs and alcohol and so forth. Gene, I want to thank you for being with us. This has been a, a really great time and best of luck with your brand new book. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 
And that's our show for today. Uh, if you'd like more information about my books or to book me as a speaker for your church or organization, go to my website, TonyAgnesi.com. Same holds true for Jean. Her website is JeanHeaton.com. You'll find her blog and, and uh, references to her books and so forth, uh, links to get to Ignatian Press and so forth. So it's all there for you. Uh, the radio program is produced by the Living Bread Radio Network and airs Sundays at 4. And the program is also avail available immediately following at thestorytellersradio.com and later in the week at Breadbox Media, the Catholic podcasting site. And it's available wherever you get your podcasts, Google Play, iTunes, Stitchers, Podbean, YouTube, and the rest. This is Tony Agnesi. Thank you so much for being with us. We'll see you again next week with another edition of The Storytellers. God bless. Are you looking for a way to deepen your prayer life and faith this Advent season? A Contemplative Las Posadas by Bill Snyder is a novena that offers reflections based on the traditional Mexican devotion that reenacts the journey of St. Joseph and the Blessed Virgin Mary from Nazareth to Bethlehem. The ecclesiastically approved devotional is available for purchase for only $4.99 on our website, patchworkheart.org, or emailing info at patchworkheart.org.